destroying my team. What the fuck is going on, man? Welcome into another episode of Year Round Fantasy Football. I'm your host, Troy. Today, we're going to go over the most recent news and the first top 10 that I've seen out there. And I agree with most of it. And this is based on half point PPR because I know a lot of standard. I know a lot are uh, full point and a lot are half point PPR. Uh, this is not a ranking with Superflex. This is simply basic bitch half point PPR. And it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun where to uh, kind of mentally figure out where you think a lot of these guys are going to go. And I'm sure they're going to shift a little bit, but probably not a ton unless you have a catastrophic injury. So jumping into some news right now, we have Mr. Michael Woods. He is a wide receiver for Cleveland. This is more of a dynasty thing. This poor guy tore his Achilles. And if you remember Richard Sherman, that poor guy uh, was on the Seahawks at the time. He tore his Achilles or he ruptured it. I think it's the same thing. I don't know. What the fuck do I know? I'm not a player. But the poor guy ended up ripping apart his uh, uh, Achilles. And he was out like for like a year and a half. And they ended up trading him. He went to the Niners. And, yes, he played with the Niners two or three years uh, and had a great year. Went all the way to Super Bowl. But it wasn't because of him. It wasn't because of Richard Sherman on like, you know, lockdown Island, the way it was in Seattle. It was because Richard was serviceable and he was smart and he knew how to take advantage of a quarterback uh, to go ahead and manipulate coverage and to uh, off uh, to jump in front of routes and steal footballs. It wasn't because he was a physical phenom anymore. And a lot of that was because once you tear an Achilles, it's almost a, a, a game changer. It ruins your career. You know, Deonta Foreman's another Achilles guy, and he's just now slowly coming back three and a half, four years later from his ruptured Achilles. That thing destroys your uh, career if you're a skills player. You know, I feel bad for anyone who tears their Achilles. But moving on to Michael Thomas, guess what? Guess what? Here we are. April 4th? Guess what? You think he's healthy? Nope, not fucking healthy. This poor guy, he reminds me of Samuel Jackson in that M. Night Shyamalan movie where they called him Mr. Glass in Unbreakable, I think it was called, with Bruce Willis, where Bruce Willis couldn't be harmed and he was surviving uh, plane crashes or train crashes, all that shit, and the only person walking away was Bruce Willis. And then the complete opposite was a guy you just look at, he would fall apart and break, break every bone in his body. He would shatter shit all the time. And that was Samuel L. Jackson's character, and they called him Mr. Glass. And guess what? That's Michael Thomas, because this guy, I don't think, has had a full season since, like, 2018, 2019. Like, it's heartbreaking. This guy was the most dominant wide receiver. Everybody wanted him the next year. PPR nightmare with Drew Brees. Everybody wanted Michael Thomas. I think he broke, like, the record for the most. No, I think Cooper Cup broke it the year after. But, man, he was he was and now he's kind of like an ongoing joke and I kind of feel bad for him uh, Chris Olave would be the wide receiver that I draft on that team uh, it's going to be a sophomore year in the NFL I think he's going to do really well uh, moving on to Ryan Tannehill they do view him as the starter so Malik Willis has not uh, supplanted him and you know what I don't think he will because Ryan Tannehill still plays some pretty good ball you know he's like a, a mid mid uh, career uh, Philip Rivers he's got to deliver the ball he's got to get lots of touchdowns they're probably going to end up pushing for that division and trying to win it when you're competitive with Derrick Henry behind you I mean that recipe's worked before Ryan Tannehill got hurt like they were like nine and two or nine and three they were on it and then they lost like six in a row when Tannehill start getting all banged up so they do view him as a starter Malik Willis uh, needs to grow and we want him to grow because when he took over towards the end of the year uh, nobody respected the pass anymore and Derrick Henry just got destroyed running into those seven eight man boxes and he didn't go anywhere 
And you have to respect the pass because you have a serviceable quarterback behind center. Guess what? You you don't run into those boxes. And then Derrick Henry's fun. He's fun for fantasy football. He is so much fun to have on your team where you see him start to get a full head of steam and he just starts going and trucking and plowing through people all the way to the end zone. You get those 80-yard uh, rushing touchdowns and they make you feel so good when you watch like four points on your, uh, your, your counter for fantasy football score jump up to like 24 points. Like it's so much fun uh, having Derrick Henry on your team. Uh, Tim Patrick, uh, the poor guy, when he broke his uh, ACL or tore his ACL on August 2nd, he's now finally starting to run routes. So, boy, is he recovering quick. Because if that's August, what are we, eight months in now? August, September, October. Yeah, roughly we're in April. Yeah, about eight months in. Uh, looks like he's going to be on pace to start the year uh, with the team on uh, the for training camp. But they still plan on trading Cortland Sutton or the other bastard, uh, Jerry Judy, whichever one could fetch them a bigger uh, ransom. And if they don't, you know, I don't think this is going to be a big deal. But I think that if Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton is traded, that they will, uh, that you will be able to start Tim Patrick in your flex uh, as long as Russell Wilson uh, remembers how to play football. Because last year he forgot football. This year I'm hoping they remind him that he's a quarterback and he's not like a walking, talking brand. Because the only way a brand works is when the person who has the brand and owns the brand and is the brand is actually good at something. Because right now he's kind of a laughing stock, Mr. Dangerous. You know, there's nothing nothing positive football related about that guy other than probably his bank account. But you know what? That was projected earnings based on projected football. Right now, his football is dog shit. And we need him to step up for Tim Patrick to mean anything. Uh, David Blow, uh, I don't know if you remember him. He was that like one-hit wonder from Detroit. He's now in Arizona. And the coach <laughs> said he's going to compete start i'm sorry kyler kyler if you can't beat out david blow oh my god man you're you got to put down the video games man you all you have to do is work your ass off for the next 10 years and you will have fucking generational money you'll be 35 years old you'll have 200 million in the bank you could live off the interest your money is generating and you could play fortnite call of duty every fucking game you could imagine until you die guess what your kids can too and their kids can too because that's what you do with 200 million dollars is you have generational money but if david blow beats you man holy shit were the games that important you have the opportunity to set up your life and your family's life in perpetuity for like four generations just don't fuck this up, dude. You are highly, highly talented. You remind me of Speedy Gonzalez, Russell Wilson out there. And if you fuck this up and lose your starting role to David Blow, I'm gonna, I'm gonna laugh. I'm gonna laugh. You know what? I'm gonna buy a David Blow jersey. And I'm gonna wear it to all the fucking Cardinal games. See you many Christmas. Uh, Brian Hoyer was signed. Guess what? He's going with the Raiders, and of course he's with the Raiders because he was in New England. And guess who else was in New England? McDaniels. And guess who else was in New England? Jimmy Garoppolo. It's a big fucking family get-together over there in um, <laughs> in Las Vegas with the Raiders. I can't believe that they have literally the second-string and third-string quarterbacks playing as starters in Las Vegas. I feel bad for the Raider fans. I mean, don't get me wrong. Jimmy is amazing for the 49ers, but everybody's amazing for the 49ers because they have an actual team where you could do a plug-and-play quarterback and get above average uh, play out of your quarterback because everybody, all the support roles, they have a good offensive line, good wide receivers, good tight ends, good running backs. Everything they have 
is solid. So all you need is a Jimmy Garoppolo. And then you drop him off in Las Vegas, good luck. Good luck, Brian Horror. Good luck, Jimmy Garoppolo. And good luck, Raiders fans. God, that's ugly. Uh, Dalvin Cook is recovering. He did have shoulder surgery. And supposedly, this surgery is going to make it. So guess what? He can't dislocate his shoulder anymore. If you've ever had Dalvin Cook on your fantasy team, it has been miserable because, like, you know, seven, eight games in, and fucking pops out. And then you're pissed you just let Alexander Madison go on the waiver wire because you had to grab a new waiver wire for um, for all the uh, bye weeks coming up. And then you let him go. Dalvin Cook gets hurt. And then you don't have him. Then you're pissed off. But he's back in four games. Supposedly, this will make it so his shoulder doesn't pop out anymore. It almost reminds me of, like, that Mel Gibson shit from Lethal Weapon. I'm just kind of aging myself here to all of everybody listening that in Lethal Weapon, Mel Gibson was like a uh, – a prisoner of war or something, and he had to pop his shoulder out to escape from something, and he would do it all the time in the movie. I feel like that's Dalvin Cook. He's just popping his shoulder out every time he wants a day off, and that'll take a couple weeks. Meanwhile, us in fantasy football, we're dying because we took him in the first round, and we only get like 11, 12 games out of him every season, and it's heartbreaking. I really hope this um, I really hope this, this surgery goes well for him because I think Dalvin Cook's amazing. They have a phenomenal pass game, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson. Everything's top-notch over there in the Vikings. And if I don't have to worry about a running back going down every, like, six games for, like, two games, I'm a happy camper. Uh, the timeline for Brock Purdy is kind of crappy. So they expect him not to be able to start. I would be shocked if you see him in September. This means Trey Lance is going to get an opportunity to start at least a couple games. And you know what? If he takes off and starts doing what Kyle Shanahan drafted him to do, I think he's going to do great, but will he get there? I think Brock Purdy uh, coming back in October because right now it's iffy whether or not he'll be there in September. Like the season starts a week into September. So with that said, we might not see him till October. So if Trey Lance is not doing what they drafted him to be, you are not going to have Brock Purdy on the 49ers until October. And that's kind of heartbreaking as a Niner fan, but I'll tell you what, you know, that's really going to affect a lot of the passing game. Like, I love George Kittle this year. If Brock Purdy was giving me 16 games or 17 games, whatever the fuck they play, I mean, George Kittle was lighting it up when Brock Purdy was there. He was averaging like 1.3 touchdowns a game because Trey, uh, Trey, because Brock just found him in the end zone and it worked out really well. Uh, Marvin Jones, if you remember that guy, he's back in Detroit. He went away. He came back. And you know what? I think that's all goodness because they got Amos St. Brown. They got that other rookie they got last year. Was it something Wilson? And now you got Marvin Jones. Like, I'm really liking Jared Goff this year. And he's going to be available in the double-digit rounds. And I might just grab his ass because if I miss out on the Jalen Hurts, if I miss out on all those early-round quarterbacks that don't give me any value, like, if I got to overpay for a quarterback, I'm not going to do it. But I will certainly grab Jared Goff in the back end of the uh, draft and and enjoy it because Marvin Jones is great. Amos St. Brown is great. Supposedly that Wilson cat is great. Uh, they got all those running backs like uh, Swift. I think it's going to be a phenomenal offensive machine out there in Detroit. So moving on, that's all I got for news. Uh, I'm going to move on to the um, to the top 10. And wouldn't you know, who do you think is number one? Let's be honest. We know who it is. It's Mr. McCaffrey. Mr. McCaffrey is now a Niner, and he is – it's it's hard to take him there because of his injury history. I mean, this man has been the number, the top three draft pick for like five years straight, and he was hurt for two of them. So it really kind of, it, it's kind of 
it's bittersweet to try to draft this guy, but you can't deny his points. Last year, he got 313 points and a half point PPR. My Lord, I play full point PPR, and this man literally won me a championship. He's, uh, he had 244 attempts. He had 1,139 yards. The, the, the guy was amazing. His, um, his yards per game – I'm sorry, hold on. <laughs> I clicked on the wrong thing and just exited out. Bear with me here. Hold on. Yeah, of course. You got to love dead air. I love it. All right, I found it again. He averages 18.5 yards per game. 18 point but yards. What an idiot. 18.5 points per game. That is number one in all of football with wide receivers, with all the running backs, and the, the guys of stud. He averages 14.4 attempts. He's set 4.7 yards. Of that It's just per attempt. I mean, the guy's amazing. Five receptions per game. Five receptions per game. 4.7 yards per attempt. Remember, he's only going out there uh, for 14 attempts per game. I mean, the guy's, he's efficient. He is so efficient. He's absolutely the number one draft pick if you're in fantasy football. So if you get that number one, you lock it in. Because number two is also awesome. But then again, you're looking at Austin Eckler. He also averages 18.8 yards per game. And the reason less than, than McCaffrey at this current moment is we don't know where he's going to be. He could be a day draft. So here we got the draft in about 25 days. He could be drafted. I'm sorry. He could be moved on draft day. We wouldn't know where he goes. But if I'm at the one spot and he stays in uh, uh, Charger land in LA, I'd flip a coin. I mean, Austin Eckler has a uh, better uh, health track record. Uh, I think they got a great offense also. But then again, their defense is not that great. So if you think about it, they're going to be coming from behind quite often, and they're going to need Austin Eckler more. So if you ask me, Austin Eckler is probably going to be your number one. But considering we don't know exactly where he's going to be, I think Austin Eckler is going to be number two just because it's that whole uncertainty. 18.8 points per game. That's incredible. 6.3 receptions per game. I love it. I love this guy. I think he's going to do great this year at the number one or – the number two. So this year we don't have one, two, three being running backs. It looks like we have Mr. Justin Jefferson coming all the way up for 17.9 points per game. And that's super consistent because at uh, 2021, he was 16.3 points per game. Um, He was averaging 6.4 in 2021 and 7.5 receptions in 2022. Uh, And, and he, Deserves it. I mean, the guy is a phenom. He's amazing. But what I don't like is sometimes on your team, he will absolutely fucking vanish for a game and almost give you a goose egg. It is so weird the way that his uh, ebbs and flows go. He'll just have these monster games and super subpar games. So, I mean, but you know what? If I'm drafted at number three, I pull the trigger. No problem on Justin Jefferson. Excuse me. Number four, I never thought he'd come this far back up. Mr. Saquon Barkley. He is back. He averaged 12 points per game last year. Remember, he was injured for a little bit. Uh, He's averaging two and a half receptions, but he's just a yard monster. He gets lots of attempts. Uh, In 2022, he was averaging almost 20 attempts per game. Uh, Last year, 17.5 attempts per game. Uh, The the guy's a beast, and he's a great pick at number four. Um, Yes, he was an injury beast uh, the first, what, the second and third year of his career, but they paid him. And they paid him well. And, yeah, I think it was a franchise tag, but it's still like $14 million. And he's going to earn it. And he's going to have a great game because they are really stepping up out there in New York. And I'm happy for him. Excuse me. <coughs> Ooh, I need a cough button. I apologize. I just coughed in your face. Um, 
I apologize. I jumped ahead of myself. So that should have been number four, <laughs> Saquon Barkley. Number three is actually going to be uh, Jonathan Taylor. Um, I don't have him even in my top 10 this year. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is scary because we don't know what's going on with this quarterback situation. Uh, the uh, offensive line took a huge step back last year. There was nothing impressive about that at all. It, it, there's, I don't know why he's up so high. Like, yes, he had that first year, he was an absolute monster, but then he vanished last year. He got injured. He was back. He got injured. And, and it's questionable quarterback and it's questionable um, offensive line. With that said, I'd skip ahead. I wouldn't grab him at number four, Jonathan Taylor, but I would grab uh, Barkley at number four. Um, jumping on over here to Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, uh, his rookie year, he was averaging 15.5 points per game. 2022, 16.5 points per game. Remember, he also was injured. He averages uh, 7.3 receptions per game. Uh, the guy's great, and he's got a great quarterback. He's got great chemistry. Uh, they still got T. Higgins on that team. It's like two number ones on their team. So right now it looks like you got Jamar Chase coming in on number six. Uh, number seven, this is kind of weird. You have uh, um, Old Man Wither. You have Father Time over here. You have Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey has been consistent. He's averaging 15.4 points per game last year. Uh, 2021, 13.6. Kind of a down year. But 2020, 17.4. So, I mean, the guy's always great. His, uh, his receptions are uh, between seven and 6.5 per game. So very, very consistent, very impressed with Travis Kelsey. And he is the number one target for Pat Mahomes. And everybody keeps thinking he's gonna, he's just gonna vanish off the face of the earth because the guy's like 35 now or 34, but he just, he gets better and he's smart and he's still dominant after all this time. And frankly, I've seen the moves the Chiefs have made in the off season. Nobody to me screams number one, except for Travis. So I'm very excited to have Travis on my team this year. Would I grab him as uh, high as number six or seven? Probably not. The back end of the first, absolutely. But right there at that spot, I'd probably pick a different wide receiver or running back. But you know what? I can't blame you if you did. When you have Travis Kelsey, you have the biggest positional advantage uh, over everybody in the league. Nobody's even close to you. I don't care if they have Mark Andrews or Kittle. Or, or Goddard, like any of those guys. Anytime you go up against the guy with Travis Kelsey, it's almost like you got to spot him 10 points. Like nobody really beats Travis Kelsey week to week. So therefore, it's like your opponent automatically has plus 10 points that you have to make up with various forms of running back, quarterback, and kickers and shit like that. I love Travis Kelsey. I'm certainly going for him this year. Anytime I'm drafting like 7 to 12, I'm pretty sure he's going to be my number one pick. Coming in at number eight, we got Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup had a terrible year, but he got hurt. Uh, Matt, Matt, no, no, Matt Stafford got hurt. Everybody got hurt. So in 2020, he averaged almost 11 uh, points per game. 2022, or I'm sorry, 2021, 21.6 points per game. And even this year, on his injured year, on his down year, he averaged 18.2 points per game. So he is. If they have Stafford, if he's upright, if he doesn't have all those back issues, I would still love to have Cooper Cup. I might grab Cooper Cup before Kelsey, uh, as long as Stafford is is said he's going to play, just because he is another PPR monster. He's like the poor man's Michael Thomas 
but not. I mean, Cooper Cup's phenomenal, uh, especially the division. It's kind of dog shit. You have the Niners that are obviously the best one in the division, but everybody else is terrible. The cards are terrible. You can manipulate them. Hell, even Seattle, uh, yes, they're number two in the division, but their defense is so bad. I expect Cooper Cup to have monster games over everybody in their division, probably even compared to the Niners, because the Niners D-line, I'm sorry, the Niners defensive backs, nobody can stand next to Cooper Cup, not even Traverius Ward. Uh, moving on to Josh Jacobs. I never thought I'd see him in the top 10, but you can't deny what he did last year. He went from 14.3 points per game in 2020 to 13.3 in 2021 to 17.8. Look at that. It's like a 25% improvement. Phenomenal job. 20 attempts per game all year. He's a, he's a workhorse. He's a monster. I don't think that they lost a lot putting uh, Jimmy Garoppolo there when they got rid of Jimmy uh, Derek Carr. I think it's kind of a... Uh, both like Jimmy Garoppolo's a B quarterback and Derek Carr's a B quarterback. Like there's nothing amazing about either one of them. So I don't see him taking a big step backwards and that defense that they have is terrible. So they're going to need to play catch up and he's always catching the ball. He's still averaging three receptions per game. So when they're coming from behind, they got to go and Jimmy's good at checking down. He's going to check it down to Josh Jacobs quite a lot. And I think that's where he's going to get a lot of his points. And last and not least, certainly not least, number 10. And I think the reason he's so far back is because we have a question mark about his quarterback. Mr. Tua Tungavailoa, you know, man, I am so sorry what's happened to your career so far, getting bumped in the head so often. It's so heartbreaking to watch. Oh, man, I, I wish you nothing but good health and good fortune going forward. That way you could feed Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill was averaging 19 uh, points per game, obviously, with um, with his buddy, oh, fuck, which is Pat Mahomes. And then he got 2021 with Pat Mahomes, too, 14.2, and that's when they traded him. And last year, uh, even considering he had, I forget their backup quarterback, Oh, man, who the hell was that? It's going to bother me. I think it was the guy from Indianapolis. It wasn't Jacoby Myers, was it? No, he was in Cleveland. I forget who they had as a backup quarterback, but he still fed him 16.6 points per game, uh, seven receptions per game. Like, you can't beat that. When he was with Pat Mahomes, he was averaging 5.8 receptions per game. And now he was averaging seven receptions per game uh, with a mixture of Tua and a backup quarterback out there in Miami. So Tyreek Hill is a freak. It doesn't matter who's feeding him the ball, apparently. He's going to get you lots of points. And I think that's where my cutoff is for Travis Kelsey. I think it goes Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, and then Travis Kelsey for me. So I guess you could say I have Kelsey at like 9-10. But anyway, that's my top 10 I got for you. Uh, I'll come back and do another 11 through 20 probably next week, along with some news and updates. And then we could really dig into these running backs, these tight ends, these wide receivers, these quarterbacks, and just kind of buy some time until we get to the draft. Because I got a feeling that Bijan Robinson is probably going to make most people's top tens, depending on where he lands. And I hope to God he does not land in Seattle. Oh, my God. Seattle has this habit of grabbing fucking absurd running backs when they don't need them. I mean, let Ken Walker do his thing, but I just got this feeling that because people don't reach for running backs that often unless it is like a Saquon Barkley or something like that or a um, or a uh, Leonard Fournette. Like they're, I think the league has gotten smarter and they let these guys drop. But you know who's drafted in like the 22 range? Seattle. 
and Seattle. I could just see Pete Carroll chewing his fucking gum, looking at him fantasizing about Ken Walker and Bijan Robinson, one-two punch in their way all the way to the Super Bowl. And you know what? That'll suck for fantasy football because I want to draft B- I want to draft Bijan and I want to draft Ken Walker, but I don't want him on the same fucking team. Anyway, that's all I got for you. I hope you have an amazing night. Have a good one.